1: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by The Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 133. Let's roll. Hey, a little special Monday pod for you folks. Uh, this is this part two of our sort of draft recap. Um, I don't know when I'll be back on the mic, maybe again this week. Uh, but I do know that next week, like next, next week, not this week, but next week, not this week, but next week, next Thursday, I think it'll drop on the 11th or something like that. I'm going to have Scott Barrett on the show and I'm really looking forward to that dude. Absolutely crushed it this year in terms of his rankings, his pre-draft model. Uh, certainly, you know, Marvin Mims was a little bit of a miss for some of us in the, in the analytics uh, world. Um, we'll see how much of a miss Mr. Mims is. We're going to talk about all that and more today with my partner, Mr. Chalk. I've got Chalk on so that we can talk about all these prospects, all the draft landing spots, and all the shuffle. It's like shuffle up and deal. This is the time when everything changes. Yeah, you came out and you ranked your rookies, but now it's time to think about where you're going to draft them, where they rank in for Dynasty, not just for the NFL draft and as prospects, but now that now that the NFL has made their decision on where these guys are going to be playing, i.e. which team, also what where they valued them, uh, this is all very, very important information that we have to deal with. If you had a guy really, really high and he went undrafted, you need to deal with that. You need to have a reckoning, and we will. Both Chalk and I are gonna be able to say, hey, we were right or wrong. We were maybe we're we're right about the player, but we're wrong about what we thought the NFL thought of him. Whatever the case, it doesn't really matter. But here we are to figure all that out going forward. Mr. Chalk, what's going on, buddy?
0: What's up, Jax? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. I'm super, super stoked to be here. You know, I, I hit you up on, you know, the draft night telling you that we had to get on the mic together and, and talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, just a lot of a lot of shakeups uh in the dynasty world. Uh, you know, the made the draft, you know, didn't give us some of the draft capital landing spots for all of our guys, but uh a lot of a lot of good things happened and a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I think if we look at it like um, you know, 30000 foot view, the things we were saying, we were kinda right about everything actually, you know. Um You know, so many things we were just right about on a granular level. Um, You know, we did think that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud were the best two quarterbacks for NFL purposes. We did think that uh, Will Levis was overrated. We did think that Jake Hainer and uh, whatever the guy, the UCLA guy, were were pretty good and the next guy's off the board. We did think that the running back class – had a couple of studs, and then we were really unsure about what we saw. We said we had a lot of flawed prospects and that, that they were all kind of evenly grouped. Well, the NFL agreed. They faded the running back position pretty heavily. We felt like we had maybe a couple of, you know, not elite, but pretty good four or five guys, and then a lot of you know, middling wide receivers, the NFL agreed with that. We thought that there were a lot of tight ends that were really, really good. And the NFL totally agreed with us as they drafted all them up. And Darnell Washington, who I had question marks about the NFL did too. It's kind of like boom, 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 boom. Now that doesn't mean we're right about everything. Cause that ain't true. Um, but a lot of the things we were wrong about, we even saw coming, you know, I, I look who was a bigger Sean Tucker fan than me. And at one point I think I had him like 11 or 12 running back in my rankings. And people were like, dude, I thought you liked him. I'm like, all right, I'm moving back up to like seven, eight, nine. And I just basically was saying, look, I think there's something wrong. And lo and behold, the, the uh what's the kid's name that came out with the 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 report on his uh his heart condition um I forgot who did that you can correct me mr chalk if who 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 had released that, but I was like, yeah, there's some questions he he's there's some issues, sure enough, he goes undrafted, so all of that I feel like we kind of have a pretty good feel for it, but now we have to start making some decisions right
0: yeah, absolutely um yeah, there's a lot of decisions we gotta make right we've gotta continue to look at. Yeah, uh, the numbers and the profiles and ADP like we were just talking about before the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Tucker. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was a fan of him as well. Uh, and then throughout the process, I, I started dropping him down I started bumping him back up just like you did. Uh, and, and then right before the draft, you know, we both were talking and we, we heard the news about the, you know, the heart condition and kind of the question marks there. And, You know it was true it wasn't it wasn't just smoke you know it was actual there was actual fire there uh so it's a super bummer right because his metrics look great on paper and you know it it was kind of exciting to kind of have someone like sean tucker uh in our in our rankings yeah uh but we just got to deal with it right and now we just got to figure out um you know where the chips fall at this point
1: yeah absolutely um You know, staying with the running back position, I'd love to start with a topic that I think is, you know, me and Michael P. Duncan did some uh, first-round analysis, and I think you and I will touch on that. But let's start sort of almost right after that because, you know, I think the next thing we want to think about is, yeah, we've got Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. That's a solved equation. Those are running backs one and two. That's like they created an uber-tier you know, we thought maybe we'd see Gibbs late first and then a couple of second-round running backs. That wasn't the case. We saw one second-round running back into the worst possible situation ever and then really fourth-rounders, late-thirds, fourth-rounders from there on out. I, mean, I don't even know if there was a fourth-round. My goodness. I mean, they just faded the hell out of these running backs. Long story short is, at this point, who is your running back three? Because I think it's a big question who it is and where we think that that player goes. Um, what do you think, Mr.
0: Chalk? Yeah, for me, um, at this moment in time today, you know, you're asking me on April 30th, you know, late in the evening, it's Ken J. Miller. Interesting. Um, you know, because I had him at my RB four yep. before the draft, and he got you know day two capital, ends up in a good spot right in New Orleans uh, with Kamara and, and Jamal Williams, but you know the Kamara situation well documented. Uh, you know the legal issues he's getting up there in age um you know so you know I think Ken J Miller finds himself in a you know decent landing spot you know pretty good if you ask me and he got good capital uh and and I know you just alluded to uh, Charbonnet uh and kind of what happened to him and just a bummer man you know I think a lot of us were excited about him you know a lot of I think me and you both had him at you know RB3 uh, with the arrow pointing upwards before the draft, and and now we're just kind of left, you know, <laughs> you know, heads in our hands, just you know, wondering, yeah. you know, wh- how that all happened.
1: Yeah, if you if you were like drafting before the draft, and you got Charbonnet at like one point oh eight, and then you know you hear, oh, he's the third running back off the board after Gibbs, and you know uh Bijan, and this, and he's the only second round running back. If I told you all that, you'd be like yes, yes, I fucking knew it, man. And then I tell you, yeah, he's in Seattle. You'd be like, what, dude? It'd just be like the most epic, like, you know, wah, wah, wah. So, yeah, Charbonnet just eats it, uh, just has to absolutely eat it. It's terrible. I mean, because Ken Walker's really good. I, I do suspect that maybe Charbonnet might be used in the pass game, but enough about Charbonnet. He can't be RB3. But I love your answer, right? Post, uh, excuse me, pre-draft, I had this sort of four-player tier. I wasn't sure about all these guys, but I liked all of them, and that was Abanacanda, Kendre Miller, Roshan, and the aforementioned Charbonnet. And that was kind of like those—they're the four like big-body backs with, you know, some sort of special trait, right? You know, obviously uh, Roshan is that pro's pro. Charbonnet had a big senior, junior, senior season, getting all the draft buzz, and then Kendra and Izzy were these sort of. You know, raw material underclassman, you know, speedy guy. I mean, Kendra didn't run at the 40, uh, but he was fast in college. I think he was clocked at like 22 MPH. And like, so dude's fast. We have, we have, you know, Izzy who's fast. But I, and you're going to be maybe surprised by this, Mr. Chalk, but I'm going to tell you the landing spot I wanted for Izzy, everybody knows it was Miami. I was like, yeah. give me a fast back in Miami. Give me Izzy in Miami. And instead, we get Devon A-Chain. Well, let me just tell you, my concerns about Devon A-Chain are one thing, and one thing only, size. That's it. That's the only concern I have. Like, really, what what else is there to talk about with Devon A-Chain as a concern? I, there's none, right? I mean, would you at least agree with that?
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, that's that's the only thing that makes me not like love him, right? I love the sure. landing spot, like yes. you said. He has a track, like real legit track speed. Um, You know, awesome in the back, you know, out of the backfield catching balls, 21 years old. Uh, Metrics look great. You know, production numbers look good. It's just the size. And
1: hey, the Shanahan system, the Shanahan system, which was headed by, you know, McDaniel is now the, the Miami system headed by McDaniel. And he has been Mr. Raheem Mostert. You know, I mean, he's been Mostert the whole way. Uh, you know, I tweeted Raheem Mostert died so that Devon A-Chain could live. And I believe it. You know, this this whole thing, I believe that he. F- on top of it all, bro, it's going to be Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle and Devon A-Chain on the same field. Like, you want to talk about putting stress and strain on the defense with speed? Oh, my God. There's going to be a lot, a lot of speed on the field for this Miami Dolphins team. And it's going to be hard to contend with. And I, for those reasons, I am Devon A-Chain, RB3. And honestly, I love Kendra. He's RB4 for me. But at this point, I, I think I would click the button very comfortably for A-Chain over Kendra. Um, am I making you second-guess it at all? Uh,
0: uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I'm second-guessing having Kendra at F3. But I definitely see the argument, you know, for A-chain at three. And you're convincing me to put A-chain above Charbonnet. Has to be. At four. You know what I mean? It has like, to be. You know. Um, chocolate you know, let's put it this way. Yeah.
1: You're in a best ball league. Who are you drafting first? A-chain or Kendra Miller or Charbonnet?
0: Best ball, A-chain.
1: It's easy. It's not, But it's also not really a tough decision.
0: No, No. Right? So
1: yeah. year one, which – I mean, we don't love any of these backs. We don't love any of these situations. not like, dude, no, 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 Kendra, bro. I do think Kendres is really good. I, in a vacuum, prefer Kendra over A-Chain. That's why I had him ranked. But I think you really have to just say, fuck my priors. I'm ready to be wrong. Like, you know, year one. And if we're wrong about this A-Chain situation, I mean, if, if somehow he's not, I would be shocked, I guess, at this point, if he just doesn't have a, a prominent role, including pass-catching duties, for that Miami Dolphins team. I think there'll be some like, whether it's Jeff Wilson or some other cardboard cutout, Jeff Wilson character, <laughs> right? Like to handle the sort of, you know, the grind it out stuff. Like he's not going to get a 90%, but we don't, we're not even thinking like that. Like I'm talking Tony Pollard with Zeke roll. And I'm fine with that for a chain, because I think he's going to be that type of explosive guy. He's going to have 20 yard bursts, like two or three times a game. You're going to be like, Whoop, there he goes. You know, they're going to be wide open, um, you know, like I said, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle stretching the field for him. I mean, it could be third and eighteen, and a screen pass to A chain is like, well, that could get that could get it. You know what I mean? Whereas normally you're like, what the fuck? You know? So I mean, I was just thinking about like A chain from almost any position on the field is liable to score. And on that offense specifically, man, I am I am getting really tantalized by A chain. Sorry, here I am.
0: Yeah, no, like you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't big on A chain pre draft. Right, but given given what what's shaken out with the draft capital and landing spot, you know, got like you said, got dismissed the priors and you know adjust adjust with the new numbers and data that we get. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I mean, you know, I I will say this, it's close between Kendra and A right? I'm drafting yeah. both of them in the first round of my yes. super flex rookie drafts. Right. I mean, right. So right. you know, at the at the back end, um. You know, I guess it's kind of you know it's kind of dealer's choice at that point, and I yes. can't blame someone for taking a chain above Kendra Miller. Yep. Um, but I think there is you know a clear teardrop, uh, you know, no pun intended, because I'm shedding some tears for Charbonnet <laughs> yeah. um, and the rest of the running backs. But you Charbonnet know, really, is such,
1: like- a, such an interesting case too. So, you know, just to kind of, <clears throat> I I do have a chain and Kendra Miller back to back after the sort of first excuse me after the first round players and look if you want to you know you know uh, steam a chain up even ahead of some of these wide receivers be my guest, you know, the say flowers or whatever, you know, I've got them back to back. So if obviously if someone wants to take a over flowers, it's like, mm, okay, you know, I, I don't have a specific issue with that. I think it's harder to make the case for, for Kendra just because of year one. Although dude, Kendra could be a beast out the gate too. I will give you that. He's right there for me. They're 10 and 11 in my ranks. You know, what's, what's crazy after that though, Kendra, you make a great point. Look, I, everybody knows I love Kendra. We're not going to spend too much time there, but I'm with you. Kendre Miller. In New Orleans, let's go. The next thing that I I come to is like, I don't know. I have all four of them right here right now. I'm not suggesting this is where I would keep them all. But I have the Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta. You know, two or three of them might be like, you know, top 10 tight ends in two or three years, right? Like, it could be that all four of them are like legit you know fantasy tight ends going forward like it's not out of the question these guys are legit players you know mayor is as like friarmuth uh floor like he's probably a little bit better prospect than friarmuth was i thought Fryermuth was a great prospect musgrave is like this black box it could be a boat guy because you know he's got all this uh i don't know if you listen to the player profiler thing but um when we did the draft um they picked musgrave and i was like fuck i want him you know and we got a little talking about musgrave he was like a four sport state champion did you know this it was like track and field wrestling which is like and you know you state champion wrestler you're like fuck this guy's an athlete football and like something else i forgot what it was but like homie can homie's an athlete you know yeah, so you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, he had a disappointing year because he got hurt and didn't end up getting, you know, uh, any sort of production metric on his uh, profile. But looks like he was going to get a production metric on his profile, then gets the draft capital, gets a pretty decent landing spot. So, and and then Dalton Kincaid, you know, elite, you know, pass catching weapon going to a high volume passing offense. I've got Kincaid one, but do you agree that th- that's a tightly knit, um, uh, or do you see it otherwise?
0: I think the first three guys are pretty tight, although I think Kincaid is in a tier of his own, to be honest. Um, right? Just, you know, I, I love his profile. He was my TE1 coming in. Yep. Ends up on the Bills. Um, I mean, just just sweet. And I, I do hear whispers of kind of the next Kelsey. And, I, you know, I don't want to pump that up, but, right. you know, I mean, that's, that's in the realm of possibility. This guy is a, you know, pass catching machine, right? He's a he's a true pass catching threat. Yeah. Um. I like Sam Laporta uh, quite a bit. Michael Mayer, uh, I'd I like him as well. And Michael Mayer, um, you know, decent athlete as well. You know, I mean, I think all these, I think all these tight ends are that you mentioned are all great athletes. Musgrave, obviously, a super athlete, like you yes. had mentioned. Um, I think I think Musgrave is interesting. I think he's going to be a value in like the third round of rookie drafts. Um, but I, I I would probably, you know, prioritize Kincaid and I could see him. I mean, I actually saw him going at the end of the first round. Yeah. Uh, in a 1.5 tied in premium. So not even that, not, not, not even two points. So just some basic 1.5. So Kincaid slipping into like 112. Uh, I'd press the button easily early in the second round all day. Uh, and then if, if you can't get them, then Laporta and Mayer are nice consolation prizes, like in the mid end of the second round. And I, I've been famously saying, I don't like taking tight ends in my rookie drafts early, Totally. but this is, this is one of those classes where I think, I think you got to, you got to press the button on at least one of these guys.
1: Yeah, I think there's some special circumstances. The way that the you know we've been saying this is the draft to get your tight ends, and I was like, yeah, I agree with that. I like that, but I'll I'll sit back and I'll wait, let other people make decisions for me, and I'll take the leftover guys. This may be one of those drafts where you know in my second and third round picks I end up with two tight ends, which is crazy. I I don't know that that's going to happen, or I, I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but it's starting to be a thought bubble in my mind. And part of that chalk for me is like, okay, let's just – I'm just going to ramble off my rankings. And they're going to be – guys, the, the, I'm ready to be wrong. They're going to change. I, I'm just doing this for the illustration of getting a 30,000-foot a, a view of, of who's what and where. Okay, like Bijan and the three quarterbacks, the four wide receivers, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, Addison, Quinton, Zay Flowers, Gibbs, A-Chain, and Miller, right? That's eleven. And so, yeah, you're right there at 12, and forget those four tight ends. Then you start looking at, like, running backs. It's like Charbonnet, Roshan, Izzy, Tajay, <clears throat> excuse me, wide receivers. It's like Mims, Jaden Reed, Mingo, Josh Downs, Rashi Rice. Like, which one of those guys, any of those guys, you just keep going down the board. Like, which one of those guys do you? are you feeling compelled to take? over those tight ends you know what i mean it's not like dude you gotta take so and so over him it's like actually i don't have to take any of those fucking guys over him i mean will levis hen hooker like okay yes super flex i get it but you're compelled to take these quarterbacks but i'm not so sure exactly what happens with these quarterbacks chalk i mean do, do you feel what i'm getting at i'm just saying like is it's almost like the best bpa are those tight ends
0: yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think you have to take a tight end in the second round if you don't get K- uh, Kincaid, you know, in the first. But I, all the, like all th- three of those four tight ends, I have them in the second round for me, right? And if you're not taking at least one of them when you have a chance, you're definitely going to miss out. And yeah. you know, your your next best shot is you know going for Musgrave. Um,
1: not in my league. Uh, he's gonna be gone, motherfucker. He's gonna be.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I do. I think
1: yeah. I, for me, Musgrave is easily in there, <clears throat> and in the in the, the the NFL, agreed. You know, I mean, it went you know 25, 34, 35, 42. That was those those slots. So they were within <clears throat> seventeen picks of each other. And Laporta thirty four, Mayor thirty five, Musgrave forty two. Like that's within like eight picks of each other. Yeah, you know Musgrave was one of those guys. Like, does the NFL see him that way? Yeah, they sure do, man. And I now I know it's only one team. And the other guy that was was right there is is Schoenmacher, who goes to the Cowboys at pick fifty-eight. We've all wanted to, you know, which one of those two other stiffs is the guy. Well, maybe it's neither of them, and it's Schoenmacher. I mean, you know, they've got a three three tight end room, or one of those guys is making it out of there alive, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah, the, you know one of them is, you know, they have Ferguson and we you know for a while we thought Ferguson was going to be safe and then all of a sudden, you know Schumacher gets drafted and yeah. You know that definitely muddies muddies the waters out in Dallas. Um but yeah, this this is this is going to be one of those special rookie drafts where you got you got to take a tight end. You got to prioritize tight end. You know um,
1: the you know the thing yeah. that's bugging me about the the Luke Musgrave thing though too is like Tucker Kraft They also drafted Tucker Kraft at 78. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, not that it's like tremendous draft capital, but it's still pretty good, especially for a tight end. You know, top 100 tight ends. It's a pretty good draft capital. You know, um, I thought Brenton Strange was a very, quote-unquote, strange pick too.
0: Yeah. 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 He kind of came out of nowhere for me, to be honest. I wasn't looking at him.
1: I looked at him. He's just he's kind of slow. And so, therefore, he doesn't profile. He, he's sort of a a blocking tight end who's who's a very gifted like pass catcher. Like you know what I mean. Like he's like mm-hmm. he's not uh, a complete rubber in the uh, pass catching game, but he's not a he's not a game changer in the passing game. So like when you throw it to him, he'll catch it, and like he's got a great he's got a great body. Like he's chiseled and he can move guys around and so he's an every down player and I think that's probably why they want him as a compliment to Evan Ingram not a replacement I don't think at all like I just see him as a complimentary player in that offense you know the blocking guy the guy who's in there you know do some dirty work maybe catch a few play action touchdowns but you know here and there but not a target guy and that that makes sense I guess from an NFL perspective but I will be I hope he gets steamed up completely, because I'll be passing on him entirely. I, I'd rather have the second tight end in Crean Bay. I'd rather have Tucker Craft over him. I'd certainly rather have the 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 shot at Darnell Washington. If I'm going to take a backup tight end to an already good player, I'm going to take you know, Darnell Washington over Brenton Strange. But uh, Darnell Washington kind of – I'm not really interested in that either. I mean, that doesn't look very good because he's like backup to – um Fryermuth, you you kind of agree there?
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I I, start, I started souring on on Darnell Washington pre-draft, so you know, for me, you know, not I I was kind of I didn't really care. It's kind of one of those like zero yeah. share, zero care situations for me. Yeah. Um, if he falls in my lap late fourth round, okay, I'll throw a dart probably. But you know, there's some other uh rookies that I, I might I might prefer over someone like Darnell Washington.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of people, you know, super in love with the Zach Kuntz. He goes 220. He does find a good spot with the Jets, but I'm not so sure. I think this kid is not a blocker at all. And for those reasons, the NFL can't figure out how to play him consistently. So, of course, he's going to be a day three pick. I was warning against that. Everybody's like, dude, the Raz score. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's big and he's fast and athletic, but he's not blocking anybody. So therefore, he can't play like you have to be able to block as a tight end, at least passably. You know, that's kind of the issue with Kincaid. But I think he's such a special receiving weapon and they know what they've got in Buffalo. But, the, the, you know, Koontz was never anything like Kincaid. You know what I mean? It's like, I, by the way, you made mention I, I think Kincaid is like Zach Ertz, you know, just a total like out in open space problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely a, a, he's a weapon. He's for sure a weapon. And yeah, uh, I, th- I think he's going to be exciting, especially, you know, especially playing with Josh Allen uh, in yeah. that offense, the Buffalo offense. It should be fun.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about Kincaid going forward uh, for sure, especially in that wide open offense. So I mentioned, so we kind of did the tight ends. I, I, th- I think w- we did a good job. I think you can start to sprinkle in, you know, whomever you think is that good a tight end i do think that kincaid is clearly the tight end one now the only first round tight end gets the good offense no competition uh laporta's got a good i you know he looks great to me too mayor kind of by himself and and uh, i almost said oakland again i love it so yeah I, I like all those guys you know my my wide receiver whatever five or four going into it Kind of got moved down a little bit. Marvin Mims. <clears throat> I know you were starting to feel a little bit of Marvin Mims uh, throughout the process. What have you done with him now? Is he still someone that you'd consider taking at this particular point in the draft, you know, early second? Or do you have a few players enough ahead of him where you're you know, probably not getting him here? You think he should be moved down?
0: I like him in the mid ish second. You know, I could see him maybe sneaking up into that you know, 203 yeah. range, you know, I think that's, I think that's fair for someone like Marvin Mims. I still have to look at him clo- more closely. Yeah. Um, you know, right now I have him at 205. Yeah. But uh, I, I think, I think I have to move him up a little bit. Um, but, you know, right, right ahead of him, you know, a few spots uh, early second round, uh, Got to press the button on our boy man, Jaden yes. Reed. Yes. <laughs> yes, our boy man. Dude, we won. That's our we boy. did it. We did, we did it, it. man. We did we, it. We
1: did it. We look at us. Did you ever think it'd be me <laughs> and you? Let's play that 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 meme, right? I, nope, I never saw it come, baby. Not me. Not us. Yeah, yeah man. this
0: is Jaden Reed, man. So yep. yeah, he he's he's right there, locked in, early second round, man. I'm in a rookie draft right now and so bummed out. Jaden Reed went. Two oh four. I had two oh five. Oh no! <laughs> Painful man. That is. Pain. I, I thought. I thought he was going to slip down continuously. Um, wasn't going to happen, you know. Which he gets I that understand. capital man.
1: He gets he the does, capital. Man. Well, so here's the thing. You know, if we talk about Marvin Mims, he goes sixty three to the Denver Broncos. Okay. Um, uh, kind of an interesting uh landing spot, but I will say I'm like, it's you know, it's Sean Payton's like first pick there. Like, you know, his first, he doesn't have as much loyalty to Hamler and Sutton and Patrick and Judy. I know there's a lot of dead bodies. He's going to have to, you know, climb over in order to get to the top of the, the, the mountain there. But I I mean, I think he's certainly going to be ahead of Hamler easily. And then it's like, okay, you know, do they trade Judy? I mean, Who knows what happens? There's been a couple of guys coming off injuries, both Patrick and actually all three of them have dealt with it. So he could find his way onto the field. I'm not so sure I'm ready to take him ahead of certain guys. But like right ahead of him goes Mingo, Jaden Reed and Rashi Rice. And then it's him. Right. So after the big four, it's just those three. You can certainly justify if you think Marvin Mims is that good a player taking him over all three of them. It sounds to me like you're not taking him ahead of Jaden Reed. Would you take him ahead of Mingo or Rice? And just make some yes. sense of this group if you can. Like, what do you think of these four guys, as Mingo, Reed, Rice, and Mims?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, read re the top. Um, I'm still taking Mims over Mingo and Rice. Um, I, I've just, I, I actually feel like Mingo and Rice are kind of traps, to yeah, be honest, in they this might range. Be. Yep. Um, and I'm okay missing on them, right? I'll, 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 I'll take the chance of missing, um, right? Because I, I wasn't fans of them necessarily pre-draft. I know they got the th- uh, third round draft capital, uh, so I can't hate that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, yeah. Just I just I just don't know if <clears throat> there, there's enough there for me to change things. I mean, Rashi Rice he ends up in in, in Kansas City. Yeah. So that's super exciting. Uh, in terms of, you know, landing spot. But I mean, we played this game so many times before. And yes. I don't know, I don't know why it's like the Kansas city chiefs. It's like the best offense in the world, but like, yeah, it's just Kelsey, you know, it's, as that's all it really is. And, um, I, I think it was yeah. actually your, your next guest coming up, Scott, Berry. I think he tweeted something about, you know, the Kansas city chiefs offense is straight fire. He had like, Eight wide receivers that he listed. Oh yeah. <laughs> my goodness, yes. man! Like, like it just—I don't know. Got, I got. I'm mean, talking about dead bodies. Got stored up. I mean, that's yeah. definitely going to be one of those. You know, who's going to rise the occasion? Um, but I can't forget my boy Josh Downs, man. He's got to be in that mix too, right? He, he well, was, that's um, it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I was going to go to that next group, which is kind of an interesting group because pre-draft, I think we all kind of liked these guys ahead of, or at least some of them ahead of these guys. You know. At pick 69, obviously, Tank Dell, you know, I mean, there was no other pick. We should have been projecting Tank Dell to 69 the whole way. That was easiest call in the draft. Uh, But then Jalen Hyatt to to the Giants, like, I don't don't love that. But, like, he's clearly going to be their outside guy, I guess. I mean, I don't love that, right? But then Cedric Tillman, a pick after him, interestingly enough, teammates, and then Josh Downs, all the way down to the Colts, it's pick 79, terrible draft capital. We don't want to be drafting wide receivers with this type of capital. But Downs is like early declare, best in class, like yards per team pass attempt, like a speed slot that can win quick. And and I mean, if he's playing the slot with Anthony Richardson and, and Pittman on the outside and JT and this whole thing, like. I've heard worse ideas than picking his ass. So when do you think you would be drafting Josh Downs in a to This where do you have him right now? It's I, I,
0: hard. I feel I feel crazy saying this. I still no, have no. him like basically where I had him pre-draft, like essentially like in the middle of the second round. Like I don't know. Like you said, the draft capital wasn't great. No, but landing spot wise, he you know he finds himself an interesting spot. Uh, you know I, I haven't been the biggest fan of Anthony Richardson as a passer. But like you said, like he's playing the slot, right? He's a speedster. Um, you know, get the ball in his hands early and he'll make things happen. And I think Anthony Richardson, the way they need to build the offense around him is give him those easy targets. Easy
1: throws, yeah.
0: Right? And yeah. Josh Downs is probably gonna be or have the potential to be like a safety blanket type of player. I know they have Jelani Woods out in Indy, right? They have JT who's gonna obviously take a lot of pressure off, you know, off the quarterback. Um, you know, just because so much defensive attention has to go to JT, uh, you have Michael Pittman on the outside. You know, Alec Pierce is there, and you know, I think there's questions about you know is Downs going to even be able to kind of break through past Pittman and, and Alec Pierce. But I still like Josh Downs. Like, I, I'm I'm going to stick to my guns in terms of our process and you know how the numbers shook out for Josh Downs. Of course, draft capital has to be you know calculated, but going to stick to the, stick to the process on this one and going to kind of just, I guess, go down with the ship with Josh Downs. Although I would say, you know, Marvin Mims probably should get the nod over Josh Downs if you really want to split the hairs. Um, right. you know, so that, that's, that's where I'm at now. Um, but I think Josh Downs should be in this conversation, um, with, with these guys we're talking about right now. Yeah.
1: I, 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 I don't disagree. Um, I mean, if we're talking about slot receivers who might be targeted you know, early and often in their offense, it could be Tank Dell. Uh, Tank Dell goes to Houston where there's not much there. I mean, I know isn't, isn't Mechie there and he might be coming back, but look, I, I don't know how how good or not Mechie is to begin with. And I don't know how good or not Tank Dell is, by the way. But we do know that Tank Dell can get open quickly. That. That, that's one thing. That's his super skill, right? If he had a superpower, that would be it. It's getting open very, very quickly right over the middle of the field. And I don't think that that's a bad thing for a young quarterback, as you point out, for Anthony Richardson to have a little safety blanket with Tank Dell drafted together. They work together. All of a sudden, now they form a relationship, bond, boom, let's go. They could hit the, hit the ground running. Um, I am – Tantalized by Tank Dell, even though I think the upside is somewhat capped, as I don't think he's going to be an elite alpha. He's going to be a maybe a volume slot, which could be especially in a team that's, by the way, how fucking stupid are the Houston Texans trading the 12th pick, the 33rd pick, their next year's 24 first, which could be the fucking first pick overall? Like, they're like, you know we're in dynasty leagues would you ever trade your 24 first if it was projected to be one or two in next year's drive like if if your roster was shit you'd be like no i'm not trading that pick that pick's more valuable than any pick i'm like that pick that they traded away plus all the other shit was more valuable than the will anderson pick itself
0: yeah yeah that was that was that was crazy man
1: (laughs) if you hold both assets in the nfl you could get more with that 24 first than you could by trading Will Anderson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was actually a really head scratcher for me, to be honest. And you know
1: what it was? I, I, I was listening to um, Evan Silva kind of talk about it. And here's what happened the owner, I guarantee you this. So, like, you think about the dysfunction of these of these guys like there may be a front office there may be an analytics department there may be a lot of this stuff but ultimately there's an owner and like you have to like check with the motherfucking owner it's not like he like some of them maybe they're like yeah you just do whatever man just fucking run the team some of the owners like you know what i kind of like cj stroud or i don't or i do or you know someone i think the owner was like i want both can we get both and they're like, well, technically we could trade the twelfth. What would it take if we trade the twelfth? You know, and like he's asking these dumb fucking questions on how to get both. Where someone should have been like, no, we're not getting both assholes. Like, but you can't say that to the owner because he's the owner. So you're like, yeah, man, maybe you know, let's uh, let's see if that works. And like, you're just playing for your job anyway. So you're like, oh fuck it, I'll take both of these guys. Like, it's just the worst decision making possible, and it comes born of like just bad, uh, you know institutional uh you know construction like they have terrible decision making on all levels to make such a putrid decision i was appalled by moving up 10 spots to get a player that's maybe only marginally better than they could have gotten will anderson's awesome but like to give up all that i mean absolute malpractice i'm sorry i'm gonna get off my soapbox we'll move on but i just had to i had to get that on
0: wax yeah, man, terrible, terrible decision. Uh, and we can keep it moving because I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to believe it at this point. I just
1: want to get it on wax. Like sometimes you have a take, you're ready to go. You just want to fucking shout it. That's that's what having a podcast is all about. You know that, right? Like I just get on here and just be like, that one's getting out in the fucking airways right
0: there. <laughs> Love it, man. Love Hopefully,
1: it. y'all are nodding with me. If you're not, you're idiots. One last one. Let's do Detroit. Fuck them too, because they're a bunch of idiots. They have this. The what they they trade. To the, from the 6th to the 12th, you're like, oh, moving back. These guys maybe are uh, you know, going to stockpile something. Then they take a running back at 12. Now, not only did they take a running back at 12, but they took a running back at 12. The 12th pick in the fucking draft, they traded one away for a fourth-round pick, who I know they would have had to have paid, but this year they could have just played him. They could have just played DeAndre Swift, who's... I don't know how much better or not either of them are than each other. I guess they think that obviously Gibbs is better. He might be. He might be a lot better, but it's also more likely that they would offer you very, very similar performance on the field this year. Would you disagree with that?
0: No, I, I wouldn't disagree. You know, I think the only thing that you could say about Swift is like, yeah, he has trouble staying on the field, but sure.
1: you have I Monty. Mean, that's it, right?
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, Monty. Yeah, so like, yeah, Monty. Um, what are you worried about? Yeah. And what are you worried about? Like you said, like very similar player, like archetypes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, Gibbs might be a lot better, but the chances are he's probably just a little bit better, if that.
1: Right. Exactly. And so you have the pleasure of paying him a high end rookie contract. Cause I mean, he's now actually an expensive running back because he's the 12th fucking pick of the draft. So it's not like you're getting, it's not like getting a quarterback where you're like, yeah, but we got him on that rookie deal. No, the rookie deal sucks for a running back at 12. So really you need to get a ton of value. Not only that, but there are other, uh, you know, players that you could have gone after offensive tackle, cornerback edge players that would actually be a, a value at that cost. If you hit on those players and you still had 18 where Look, if Gibbs goes before then, take A Chain in the fucking third round. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that A Chain's the same player, but third round capital versus 12th overall, where you could have like, you know, the, what was the, 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 the cornerback we got plus another, you know, it just blows my mind. They could have had all these. And then they took the, the off ball linebacker at 18 when they definitely could have at least traded back, if not just taken him with the next pick they had, which was like 40 or, or 30 or something like that. I mean, they just absolutely shit the bed value wise, should have been trading back if they wanted to take him there. And then I heard uh Adam Levitan say, why not just take Bijan at six?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna do all that,
1: just take Bijan. They take yeah. Bijan at six, then you have the fucking home run. Why trade back <laughs> from six to twelve to take the lesser player? I mean, it just absolutely bonkers, yeah. you know. And, yeah, and on was, top of all crazy. that. Why why sign David Montgomery if this was your plan all along?
0: <laughs>
1: You've wasted all the money. And you and had they Jamal paid Williams in-house. The
0: yes. You paid him the bag.
1: It's like they're completely overinvested in these positions. It's like unbelievable. I mean, I if you so compare Yeah,
0: if you compare Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift to David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, it's like similar. Like yeah, what were you doing? Like you just want like like the new, the new, new, like just the new version of what you already had because they were it killing it. Yeah, like it the dude led the fucking
1: league in touchdowns. He was a fan favorite. The locker room fucking loved him. There's no chance that the locker room is going to like David Montgomery twelve percent as much as they liked Jamal. There's just yeah. zero chance. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, like this guy really was a weird. fucking stuck Yeah, At, for three million versus whatever they paid Montgomery eight million or something like that. I mean, they are now over – it's just – yeah, anyway. All right, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right? I had to do it. I apologize. It is the NFL draft. You got to get it out. So what I what I think we know about this wide receiver groups, though, is that there's like – there's a lot of like what, – what's the word? Like not parody, but like, you know, there's just not there, – they're all very similar to value to me. Like if you said Josh yeah. Downs or Marvin Mims, I'd be like, sure. If you're like tank Dell or Rashi rice, I'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know. Even our guy, Jaden Reed. It's like, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's not like he's flawless. It's just, yeah. we're only grandstanding because he got, you know, the fifth, you know, the fourth, uh, six pick, a uh, uh, wide receiver, right? 50th overall. Yeah, yeah, I know there's a lot of people who are, and, and I'm sure a lot of people want us to talk about it is Jonathan Mingo. A lot of people really liked him. Um, I know Cody Carpentier over at player profile really liked Mingo. There's other play, other people out there who were, were, were steaming him up. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, no, this is a fake, fake player. He's not that good. The film. I don't know. I, the, the profile is not all that exciting to me other than the size and the athleticism, but we've heard that story before. Haven't we?
0: Yeah, we have, And, you know I would say though like his his numbers all around just don't excite me at all you know just I'm just not excited about him I mean yeah. to be honest like i said size <laughs> size is about it um you know, decent breakout age, but other than that like just not not that exciting doesn't ha- didn't have great touchdown upside um didn't have like elite production numbers across the board um uh, wasn't really a separator in college you know if you look at like you know sixty five percent success versus man, Um, you know, 76% uh, against zone uh, and then only 65% against press. So, he wasn't really a great route runner or separator, Um, you know, decent at I mean, size and athleticism, I think that's kind of what kind of buoy's him. Um, But for me, I'm just yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd be okay not not having on my dynasty teams if i missed them if i didn't you know if he falls into me in the late second round cool but i'm not gonna go out of my way to have jonathan mingo on my teams
1: yeah and he's got to climb over a lot of players there um he's got two guys that are one guy that's very similar uh lavisca chennault you know it's like right i mean they're gonna be spider-man memeing each other thankfully visca's got the hair they'll be able to tell each other apart but um Other than than that, that Terrace Marshall, uh, DJ Chark and Adam Thielen will be the veterans who are actually playing all the time. So between the pff, poo-poo platter of Terrace Marshall, LaViscus Chenault, and Jonathan Mingo, like, I don't know, man. You know, it's not like I one guess he'll be
0: good- the WR3, you know? <laughs> like, cool. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: steel cage match to be the, the third <laughs> guy that he doesn't throw to, right? You know, it's like <laughs> –
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? So, I mean, I'm not so sure either one of them has a clear breakout. I suppose if you really liked any of those guys, you wouldn't necessarily say that Thielen and Chark are impediments to their growth, though. I would agree with that at least. But, I mean, they're they're certainly not going to play early on unless they're really dope is, I guess, my point. And I'm not betting that any of them are that dope.
0: Yeah, same, same.
1: Yeah. Um, What do you think of my man Tank Dell? Do you you like him sort of paired up with C.J.
0: Stroud? Uh I you know what? I think he's I was actually surprised and a little sad because I wasn't a huge Tank Dell fan. Um you know, he's like pocket sized. Yes. And you know I, I guess I I guess I just draft made me realize I'm a sizist, you know, like from A yeah. chain to Bryce Young to Tank Dell, um, you know, even like, you know, Marvin Mims, like he's a little bit smaller. Bit smaller? Like, yep. I mean Josh Downs too, right? I mean, yep. you know, I, I can't I can't I can't lie, like, you know, but These guys are just a little bit smaller and just don't excite me as much. But uh, Tank Dell getting that capital and he actually produced, right? I mean, he was a producer. Um, He had, what, almost 1,300 yards or he didn't have 1,300 yards, uh, almost 1,400 yards as his best season um, and actually scored a lot of touchdowns. So, you know, I think think he has some, you know, some interesting traits and some upside there. Um, And like you said earlier, there's not much competition there. rather than maybe what Nico Collins, yeah, um, you know, I think a little sneaky, actually, a little sneaky winner probably uh, yeah. out of that weekend, right? Um, but yeah, so I think Tank Dell is someone that you know I would probably throw a dart dart at, um, you know, I think I think even though he's small, he he plays bigger than I think his size says. So yeah, um, you know, give him that.
1: Well, um, okay, let's let's talk about this running back class a little bit. There's a lot to talk about, even though there's absolutely nothing to talk about.
0: <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? It's like everything that you want to talk about. It's like, well, I don't want to talk about that. No, let's not talk about that. Like, oh, no, let's not. Talk, that's sad. Um, but I'm going to go a little backwards here. Two of the best landing spots, um, in my opinion, came super late in the draft. Zach Evans. Going to the Rams with only Cam Akers to kind of contend with, it could be a one-two punch there. They could absolutely, you know, Batman Robin that thing and and Zach Evans right into his familiar uh, place just behind another Alpha but a but a super efficient, explosive 1B. Like, that's what the role he played all throughout college. It would not be beyond me to imagine him as like a weekly like, oh, big play from fucking Evans, you know? Um what do you think about and, – and maybe a, an injury away from a bit more. What do you think about Zach Evans really late? I think it was seventh round to the Rams.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't that surprised that he went that late because, you know, I think both of us yeah. didn't have him ring too high. So I wasn't surprised. But, I mean, all things considered, like you said, ending up on the Rams is probably one of the better situations he could have found himself in. Um, you know, playing behind Cam Akers who, you know, has an injury history of his own and – Obviously there's a potential to miss some games, which will give Zach Evans uh, quite a bit of upside there. So I think that was uh interesting landing spot for him. And you know, I d I don't hate it. Um and I, I don't hate it for cam makers either, right? It's one right. of those Bingo. You know, I am yeah. a cam makers fan. Uh so I don't it it hate didn't it for cam. Eviscerate yes.
1: cam. It gave him some competition and probably a little bit of like I think we would agree though that as much as we faded Zach Evans, we didn't I would, I would have, if you said pick 200, I'd been like, eh, less. Yeah. I'd go in the, you know, I wouldn't have said two fifteen Like I didn't think that, you know? So he went later than I even thought, even if I faded him to like the fullest, you know? Yeah, Um, Yeah. Right. And so the other guy that went just after him, who I think has a pretty good spot here, because I think he might, well, I think he's better than Alexander Madison is Dwayne McBride to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Madison to me is a bit of a nothing burger. I don't think that he's anything special. I think McBride can easily elevate past him. And then, you know, Dalvin, first of all, talk about injury history, but also, you know, likely moving on after this year. I'm not suggesting that Dwayne McBride is going to be some sort of an alpha that they just give the keys to, but he could certainly have some meaningful moments. And again, if, if uh, Dalvin goes out, he should be the goal line back. I mean, this is a big body dude who can move some, move some, uh, move some mountains. So, Dwayne McBride, sneaky little uh, opportunity at playing time potentially, eh?
0: Yeah, no, Dwayne McBride, uh, he he balled out, you know, at UAB. You know, yeah. I mean, he had some really big games. Um, so yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, he he's a goal line monster. Uh, got the touchdown upside, and you know, I, I I mean, maybe it is like even like a you know if if cooks out in the one, two punch of McBride and Madison, even, you know, I could see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mc, McBride also, you know, late round sleeper, you know, kind of interesting, you know, where he ended up. So, you know, I, I think someone to keep an eye on, right. And, and, and someone, if he's in your fourth round in rookie drafts, then yeah, I mean, by all means, like throw some darts at him, you know?
1: Yeah. I threw some, uh, I threw Actually, I didn't even throw that much shade. It was a very mild, Dart throw, troll job by me at Emory Hunt, who had his uh top five running backs as Jameer Gibbs one, which, you know, whatever. Come on, man. Then Bijan, which is like fine. It's fine. I mean, it's ridiculous to have, you know, Gibbs over Bijan. I mean, just do the right thing and put the you know, the the stud at the top. But whatever. Okay, you have them one two, they're one two, so you're just being funny. But then he had his next three best running backs available in this class were Um, Tajay Spears, Deuce Vaughn and Keaton Mitchell. Uh, so I said, you know, Emory hunt down bad and, uh, you know, it it definitely upset a few people. They were really, you know, but it was ridiculous because, you know, Keaton Mitchell went undrafted Deuce Vaughn got the mercy pick. If you noticed, which I thought was super cool, but you know, it's like his dad is a fucking scout for the Cowboys. And they were like, whatever it was, like pick two something. They're like, we're going to pick your boy. And they made a big to do of it in the war room. And they fucking, it was super cool. I mean, if that were my kid, I'd have fucking lost my shit too. So it was awesome on the human level. But I, I got to say, doesn't that make him like a little bit more useful? Like it, they're going to, they're going to tend. Towards him because his dad is in the building a little bit at least. I mean, he's gonna break ties with fucking, you know, the 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 fact that his pops is working for the organization. Yeah, I've heard worse ideas than than Deuce Vaughn right now. Even given the fact that he's got some runway, what do you think? Am I starting to take some crazy pills here?
0: No, I mean, you know, I I think I I think Deuce Vaughn is an interesting one, right? I, I think. I, I think we, we did throw some shade at Deuce Vaughan, you know, early on in the cycle, but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like he he ended up in a good spot. He has pass catching upside. Uh, not really a great athlete, but yeah. like for size especially, but, um, you know, other than Tony Pollard, I mean, there's really not much in, in, in Dallas right now, right? So, I could see him, you know, at least getting... You know, some touches, although I, I do like Malik Davis and I, I'm, I'm super glad that he, he survived for the most part. Yeah. Um, because Deuce Vaughan isn't, isn't really a threat to taking Malik no. Davis's role. No. Right. If anything, no. he's kind of uh complimenting or supplementing Tony Pollard. Right. Yep. And kind of giving that a little bit of juice to the offense, but yeah, that was a cool story. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. By the know, way, I, he was yeah.
1: the, he was the RB 14, I think draft in the draft. I think I had him at RB 15. So I think I fucking nailed Deuce Vaughn. I I never said he was bad. I've said he's, you know, the best film and all that. I had him right around, uh, you know, Chris Rodriguez, Evan Hall, uh yeah. Dwayne McBride guess where he went right around those motherfuckers so uh, yeah, yeah exactly. I was right yeah let's just say I was right I mean you know and and you know what his his upside is limited still he's not going to lead the lead a backfield but I, he may be a pass catching weapon obviously Tony Pollard's going to you know play and play a lot but if he plays too much he he's liable to get hurt and then you have a an issue there uh, maybe they'll bring Zeke back I love it I'm just kind of joking but Zeke's still available. Um, you know that's the other thing too. Is some of these landing spots we start to look at like some of them may look wide open as a you know a backup, and then all of a sudden you know Kareem Hunt, Zeke, or Fournette show up, and you're like, "Fuck, dude!" Um, like one of the other guys, Evan Hull. Evan Hull shows up in Indianapolis, where you know he could be the pass down back sort of supplement and backup to um, you know Leonard I mean, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor. Um, w- what do you think about Evan Hull if we start moving back up the board a little bit?
0: Yeah, no, I think Evan Hall's, you know, landed up landed in an interesting spot, you know, and I I I, I like them a little bit more and more in, in the process, um, you know, and and ending up, you know, in Indy, obviously he's going to be behind JT, but you know, going this late in the draft, like you just want guys to land in good spots, yeah. you know, maybe have an opportunity to to shine a little bit, so um, you know, good good landing spot, you know, and I, I'd be interesting to see. I'd be interested to see you know how how he shakes out over the next you know few few months coming yeah. up here in the season. Yeah, if he can carve out a role, it'd be nice. Yeah.
1: your boy almost got me, but Izzy did go over Chase Brown. So um, he did. Barely. He did barely. barely one pick. Well, not twenty picks ahead of him, but one yeah. running back pick ahead of him. And so Israel Abanakanda goes to the Jets, and I said, "This is the." I mean. Amongst the worst case scenarios that you could possibly pick for Izzy was going there. I mean, this is one of the stone worst. It's like you have an elite top two or three dynasty running back in Brees Hall who's going absolutely fucking lutely nowhere. I said absolutely fucking lutely nowhere about uh, Herbert last week, and I loved it. I'm stealing it. It's my new line. <laughs> uh, but he's not going anywhere. And then you had two pretty worthy backups with more draft capital. At least uh, Michael Carter and Bam Knight, who was dope. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, why are they picking him at one forty three? That's a really awful, awful way to do me. I mean, all the bad things I've said about the Jets, they they fucking they got me here. They absolutely they got, you back, got me back, man.
0: It's but you know what brutal. you know what though. The, I guess the silver lining here is, and like you said, Brees Hall, you know, one of the top two three. Backs, you know, in the league, in Dynasty. Um, but he's coming off the ACL. And yep. most likely, he's going to be good for week one. But, you know, like, like as we've seen. Yeah, what if he's um, not? You know, what if he's not? You know, and and I was reading from, um, you know, a few people, you know, some of like the physical therapists and some of the docs out there. And they were saying, probably ready by week one. But more likely, week five or six, will he be like full sure. strength? Right. So, that gives maybe Izzy about a month to really maybe show, show something and carve yeah. at least even like a, you know, a, a small role, albeit, you know, and, and one thing you said, you know, throughout, throughout was how young he is, yeah. right? So, even if, you know, he is stuck, you know, for three, four years behind Brees Hall, he's still only going to be, what, 23, 24 years old, still going to be fairly young, um, yeah, you know, so I think I think he still has a chance, and and those, is one of those players where you just kind of stash him and and kind of see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of landing spot and immediate outlook, I mean, obviously not great.
1: Yeah, a little ugly. Uh, your boy Chase Brown, uh, pretty good capital, at, you know, and a great landing spot. I mean, this was the landing spot we were, you know, pining for all these top backs. You know, we wanted everybody. I wanted Izzy to go there. We wanted anybody to go there. Certainly wanted Bijan to go there. Cincinnati Bengals Chase Brown I've heard worse ideas than this too. I mean, let's go. I mean, yeah, Chase Brown like could absolutely, you know, be a lead back uh, you know, during certain weeks of the of the season this year. I mean, he's at least got that open to him. Like that's the thing with Izzy. It's like even if Brees is out, you're like, yeah, they've got Bam and Carter and, you know, it's probably going to be some sort of three-headed monster, whereas there in Cincinnati, if Mixon is out, you can certainly you know envision Chase Brown just, like, playing. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, my, my boy, um, the, the super senior, man, yeah. you know, lands up in lands in uh, Cincinnati and I you know, got Mixon, of course, and Mixon can't stay on the field the matter, you know, what season it is or what's going on and uh, you got you got Travion Williams and Chris Evans but not really a threat to chase Brown so yeah you know I, I am exactly. really excited about chase Brown it's to kind of see see what he can do like I think the, the the off season and training camp you know reports will tell us a lot whether or not he's gonna actually gonna he's actually gonna do something um but the opportunity is there right Samaj P Ryan is not there anymore and um you know the the Bengals have been known to spell mixing quite a bit, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and if for some reason mixing gets released or extended, oh, then yeah. it's going to be real nice for Chase Brown.
1: Yeah, moving right back up one more spot would be the uh, to pick one fifteen. Roshan Johnson goes to the Chicago Bears, and I'm thinking like, um, I don't. I, this doesn't scare my Khalil Herbert. Uh, shares. I'm not like, oh no, I, I feel like this is just another guy that's going to come in there and, and be part of the mix. But you know, he's nowhere near as explosive as as Khalil. Khalil was really explosive. Matter of fact, Roshan, I comped to like Brian Robinson, David Montgomery. You know, so he kind of is the you know the the power back version. They already have Dante Foreman too. It's like, I don't know. I think you know this is anybody's backfield, but I think it starts. With Khalil Herbert, and if unless he falls, I think it's going to be mostly the Khalil Herbert show. Do you agree with that, or do you think maybe I'm looking past these other two guys a little too quickly?
0: No, I, I, I think Khalil Herbert's still in the driver's seat. You know, um, it was just super interesting to even see them draft Roshan Johnson. To be honest, like, yeah, you know, like you already have two pretty good running backs. I mean, they're decent, you know, and do you do you really need another running back? I mean, I guess this day and age, you do, but and they also have Justin Fields, so, who also runs a lot. So, yeah. definitely a head scratcher pick there. Uh, I still think Khalil Herbert is probably the running back you would want to roster, um, but going into, like, actual draft season, it'll be interesting to see how the ADP shake up. Um, but I don't see Roshan Johnson threatening early at least at least not not now
1: you know and and we've been talking about these running backs not one person's pants moved the entire time we're talking like none of our listeners not one of them went Ooh, there's no excitement there's nothing that's the point it's like there's no one and even now moving into the top what are we in the top seven tank bigsby jacksonville jaguars right yeah Yeah, dude (laughs) your reaction says it all it's like that's just a Tank Bigsby to back up ETN, like okay, fine, good for you guys, good for everybody. I will be zero percent interested in picking Tank Bigsby. Like, what am I going to do with that? That sounds awful.
0: Yeah, sound, it sounds awful. It's just, it just sounds awful. just just a backup. Just like they just end up in like as backups and yes, not exciting. You know, like you're just behind you know studs like Travis ETN. Like yes, it's not exciting at all.
1: I mean, even Jamal Hasty was like kind of frisky and like, you know, I mean, special teamer, pass catcher. I don't think Bigsby's not playing ahead of them. He's literally just a hammer. He's a guy that like we can fucking force feed this motherfucker some balls if anybody gets hurt. Like we can just hand him the ball like he knows how to run forward. Great. Get him on the fucking team. Um, And then you get to the top guys, which was the we already talked about it. Devon A. Chain, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, Jameer Gibbs. John Robinson, but we're going to end with one guy, the running backs, that is, Tajay Spears. We kind of like Tajay. He gets drafted in a weird spot. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad spot. I'm not sure what it is. But he's the one, two, three, four, fifth running back off the board to the Tennessee Titans, who have been rumored to be moving on from Derrick Henry. But then Tajay Spears is rumored to have all sorts of Todd Gurley knees. And it's like, I don't know if that's true, but I don't, it probably is like, you don't just come out and say he's got fucked up knees that are like Todd Gurley's unless they are, but why would Tennessee have drafted him? If they, if he had bad medicals, I've, you know, I I am shocked that he went that high and I'm shocked that I don't know what to, if he has the bad knees, by the way, and I don't know what to do with it. I, I don't know what to make of it. You know what? What the fuck, Jock? What am I doing with Tajay Spears?
0: I'm absolutely terrified of Tajay Spears right now. <laughs> right? To be honest, like, like when he went to Tennessee, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, just because, like you said, Derrick Henry, we don't yeah. know, and you know, there's, there's, there's your boy, you know, Chestnut out there, and yeah, uh, Haskins and whatnot. But I was like, okay, you know, Tajay Spears, you know, got some juice, like kind of interesting player. And then almost immediately after that just the cold water bath like the ice water bath on all the dreams and yeah he has like no no acl like there's no ligament like at <laughs> right, all right. like there's none so it's just it's just basically that bone on bone that that we just don't <laughs> want to hear and so i heard a todd Gurley comparison and then someone also mentioned ajayi but then uh i think it was uh jim uh you know uh, jim per uh on Twitter, he said something like, um, Ajayi actually has ACL though. Like he actually has ligament. So it's not Ajayi, you know, and Ajayi actually had more than two, three years in the league and they're projecting Spears to be pretty much toast in like three years. Like before his rookie contract is out. Wow. 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 That's crazy. Like, right. It's terrifying, man. It's terrifying. So I don't know if I want to spend any sort of actual, Rookie draft right. capital on him, unless it's like a third round pick or something. Like, where I, I don't really care. You He's know, gonna t- have,
1: yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, th- wonder why I'm t- saying pick these tight ends. It's like, dude, I'm gonna pick Tajay Spears. Like, holy shit, I'm terrified. I'm with you. I, I, I thank you. I'm feeling the same way. Like, but you just go up. You're like, I can't pick any. I don't want to pick Charbonnet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: Char- what did you guys do to Zach Charbonnet? Why did you do him like that? Like he. I mean, he's got, I'm sure he's got a family like, okay, Gibbs is fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not convinced of the Gibbs upside. Like they've fucking signed David Montgomery. Like that's not nobody. They were super stoked to get Gibbs. Like they looked like they fucking, I mean, it looked like they won the lottery when they picked this guy. They love him. They picked him at 12, but he's a, a little terrifying. Kendra Miller, he's coming off an injury and he's yeah. going to the saints where they just, you know, signed Jamal Williams. Who's, a fucking dog. They've got Alvin fucking Kamara. Like there's no spot here. That's why I keep coming back to Devon a chain where I'm like, dude, he's going to be, I think he's going to be dope. Like, you know, we, we all agree what he was. He's a perfect scheme fit. Telling you, this is Devon a chain. And that's coming from me. Who was like, I've been telling everybody. I I literally said, I can't wait for my league mates to draft Devon a chain. So knocks one of these other guys down to me. And I would have felt that way if they didn't fucking take each and every one of these running backs behind the barn and shoot them.
0: Yeah, man. Like it it really threw everything upside down in a blender for us. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're still picking up the pieces, you know, and it'll be <laughs> interesting to see how, how our takes change over the next few weeks. You know, next time we come back, we'll probably revisit. Is this a this trade stuff. up
1: draft? Like trade three seconds for like a late first so you can just get a guy?
0: it's either that or just completely trade out, you know, yep, just trade, trade all the way out, you know, just all the way out of here. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I, I, I don't want to yeah. be the guys keep saying, Oh, well trade to the next year, to the next year. But like this but, is yeah, probably one that. of the years where yeah. you got to just get the hell out, but either you trade up and you get your guy or you just get the hell out because yeah. you know, after the first round early second, yeah, there's some, there's some guys mid second, it gets weird late second it gets really weird because then all the tight ends that we just talked about are gone um and then you just get into like this these receivers like the mingos and the rices and the tillmans or you know yeah i mean you know it could be interesting and you got the those running backs we just went through right and then you go further down into like the third into like into like the late third it's like we didn't even get to like these receivers we don't want to talk about you know right. like the- <laughs> You know, the bouté and the Scots and then, you know, Charlie Jones is like, I don't even want to deal with those guys. Like, yeah, Yeah. I'll pick them up off waivers, you know, (laughs) like just going to clog my roster.
1: But they're going to be picked in the third round in a lot of situations. Like you look at it, you're like, you're going to be like, hmm, Deuce Vaughn or Charlie Jones. And it's like, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing
0: here? Exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely not a fun place to be. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like,
1: like. You get the uh, – this is fucked. What are we doing? This sucks. I didn't, why do we have to end on a bad note? Let's finish by just having a short question-answer moment. I, some people call those conversations. And we're going to do it about the very top. Because these are the important questions that we need to ask Chalk. I should have saved more time. Fuck it. Listen, cut the rest of this shit and just play that. No, I'm just kidding, Michael P. Duncan. If he didn't hear it, I don't give a shit. All right, listen. Anthony Richardson. Tell me why I shouldn't be drafting Anthony Richardson at the 1.01 in Superflex right now. Here's, here's my case, Chalk. My concerns for Anthony Richardson were the following. Said it last week. I'll say it to you again. My concerns that he may not get on the field early enough, depending on where he gets drafted. If he gets drafted, you know, mid-first or like behind Geno Smith or something like that, then he's probably gonna sit out a year. And I'm not sure when he gets on the field. And then the later he gets drafted without draft capital, if he doesn't get on the field or if he doesn't impress in practice or if he isn't very good or if he gets on the field da 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 right it could go wrong fast and we never even see him play much like he only plays a few games they're not that good and he's off but picked fourth overall by the shane steichen offensive coordinator from philadelphia who's now with indianapolis who you know they love him they're like talking about he needs to play right away like they're going to get him on the field. They're going to scheme him up. They've got to run first offense. They've got a few weapons. Like when he plays, he's going to be fantasy gold. The question was whether he would play and for how long. I think those other questions are answered. Why not push the button on the potential game changer?
0: Because you already have a potential game changer guarantee in Bijan Robinson, right? So for me... I, I I'd still would take Bijan over Anthony Richardson, although I would see the case for taking Richardson as the first quarterback at 102, um, given I like all the where points going. So,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, you're saying that Bijan is just that much more of a sure thing. So, and he is a game changer. He's not at a, as valuable a position, but the odds of him hitting are so high. Why not just lock it in? I would just say, hey, we all know you can get a running back, but. Lord knows you can't trade for the, that top 5 to 8 quarterbacks if, if if Anthony Richardson hits those heights then you have more valuable than Bijan.
0: Exactly. Bijan gets impeccable draft capital. Yeah. Already has a profile, ends up in an amazing landing spot. Uh you know, RIP to the the Homie Tyler Azier. Um but yeah, Bijan yeah. is just just if you're going to go 101, you, you you just can't miss like at all. Yeah. I know, and but you're not, already- not
1: going to miss though. You're not going to miss with, 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 with Richardson. Like he's going to start how, how, how long of a leash did ju- uh, Justin Fields? I almost said by accident, but it's true. Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, these sort of athletic quarterbacks who were drafted in the top seven or eight who were given, well, I guess nine or whatever, you know, whatever top 10 um, who were given long leashes to figure it out because they kind of felt like they needed that. I mean, you can still sell any of those guys f- for any of it, and and I felt like you could sell Josh Allen, you could sell Justin Fields for for strong value because they have rushing upside. And p- like, if you want to sell Justin Fields right now, the jury's out on whether or not he's good as a passer. Let's just fucking not fuck around there. there that is not a solved equation yet, and yet you can still sell him for top eight uh, dy- dynasty startup value. You know.
0: Yeah, you could. Um, Although every startup I see right now is, he's still like outside of the top eight. He's like in the top 10, you know. Um, You know, so I, and and Justin Fields was a much better player. Is he ahead of all the running backs? Justin Fields is, although Bijan's right there. Yeah, Bijan's, Bijan has crept up to 112 now.
1: And and maybe that's why you sell them too. Look, I agree with you, by the way. It's a really tough question. Yeah, I, I just think it it's is. worth I, – I guess that what I would say is what if you're like loaded at running back? You got Brees and ETN and whatnot. Like you got like depth and whatnot. But you're like cousins and like Brady and Wentz and like – you know what I mean? And you're like, I kind of have no second quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean I, Can I, you, I, uh, I don't – I don't see I don't see it being bad taking Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, right there, but for me, um I, I'm just so like risk averse, yeah. I guess. Yeah. When it comes to like these top picks. And yeah. and yeah, he's gonna have a long leash, right? He's gonna have the, the opportunity to, you know, play himself out of the league, right, so to say. But Josh Allen is like one of one, yep. right? Jalen yes. Hurts and uh, Justin Fields were much better passers than Anthony Richardson out of college. True, so, like, very true. Like, like we can't just say, "Oh, these guys are, are balling and these guys are amazing." So Therefore, Anthony Richardson's also right. going to be amazing. Yes. He's a completely different player, completely different human being. Yes, we don't know um, whether or not so he's going to be able to develop. That's right, great. so. You know, everything that we've we stuck on early on in the process about what were the red flags with Andy Richardson to me, yeah. those haven't gone away, Yeah, right? He got, you know, amazing, you know, I mean, top four draft capital. He's in a great situation with the offense. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to do him wonders, right? They're, they have some weapons around him so that he can develop. And yeah, I mean, if he takes a step forward, he's gonna be the quarterback one of this class, right? Right. But even if he is the quarterback one of this class, and you took Bijan, the sure thing, did you really, really lose that no. much? Yeah. No. Right. So if you no. if you play the game of, you know what, the risk and reward. Yeah. Anthony Richardson's ceiling is higher than Bijan Robinson's, and the value value ceiling is also higher than Bijan Robinson in the Superflex League. Absolutely. Yeah. But Bijan's all. Almost like gonna the dividends are gonna pay for Bijan right yeah, away, no matter for what, for sure. And almost no matter, no matter, no matter what.
1: what, like literally, almost no matter what. Like the only thing that can hurt you with Bijan is an injury, because it's not possible for him to be bad. That's not, it's not possible. Yeah, it's just it's not, not possible. possible. That's a zero percent. It's not going to be like, well, geez, he just can't seem to. That's not going to happen. I promise. I promise yes. you. Like so, that's a fucking promise. And that so was a great me, retort because yeah. I pushed you a little bit. I pushed you a bunch, and you had a great answer. And it's the Risk averse. Don't fuck up your first pick. Not to say that there isn't going to be a lot of people who will fucking victory lap the fuck out of you about Anthony Richardson, but buyer beware, there are trap doors in his future. That's possible. Those are there. Those trap doors aren't there for Bijan. There are doors that could hit him in the fucking face, like an ACL or a fucking Achilles or, you know, whatever. He could get hurt, but. So can any player, but there's no like, shit, I didn't know he wasn't good. Like that doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen for Bijan where those things can happen 100% for a rich. I am super tempted and feeling a little bit bold and taking him and ranking him right now as my uh 1.02. I do agree with you by the way after all that. I do have Bijan <laughs> ahead of Anthony Richardson, but I have to go through the thought experiment because it you have to ask cuz there's gonna that's what it's gonna take to get Anthony Richardson is the 1.01 01 in many cases, if not the 1.02. So then you get to Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. We've we've got to do this again, damn it. I'm team Bryce Young over CJ Stroud and it comes down to the infrastructure. That same stupid ass Front office ownership malpractice bullshit that I talked about earlier in this damn podcast is where the fuck CJ Stroud plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have. That's a take, started, by the way. It is. It's a great take, you know, because, you know, I love CJ Stroud. I think all around, you know, prospect wise, profile, I feel like he's the best quarterback in the class. But. Yep. But <laughs> it's a big but. but.
1: Yeah, man. The I infrastructure, right? I mean, that. you know, I'm with I you because
0: imagine if the Texans didn't screw it all up and they took JSN at 12. Like we were <clears> praying <throat> yep. that happened. Yep. Then I They'd would still say, have like, their next year's all,
1: first round pick too. By the way, which yes, and, just for the yeah. fuck, what the fuck? Right? They don't have it anymore. It's they
0: literally like crazy. blew their opportunity to get JSN or. Marvin Harrison Jr. Next, right? Like, there's right. no chance. There's no bingo. chance, now. Bingo, all.
1: bingo! There it is. If you suck again and your pick is there, it goes. You could even finish third. It could go Caleb May or whomever. You know, I mean, you could be you right there for Marvin Harrison Jr. Just to click him at pick three. You're a hundred percent right,
0: and then you could trade why, out why your ass up that? to get him. Then why would they do that, man? So like bad. so that so that. Is oh. probably a reason for me to reconsider having Stroud as my QB one, just because yes. I love Stroud as a prospect, and I'm just I'm being myopic, just looking at him from a prospect standpoint. Yes, his processing. I mean, the S two scores. I didn't believe it, and look, I was I was right not to believe it. You were right not to believe it. Um, you know, he has he has everything. He has the frame. He has the the mind. He has the throws. He has the production, but the situation is bad. Yeah, and I have I have to really consider this now. Yeah, because because we've seen really good prospects, especially quarterbacks, get broken.
1: Yep, yep. And we've seen it.
0: And once they're broken, that's it. It's really almost impossible to resurrect their careers at that point. I mean, very, it's been very bad, impossible. But, yeah. but Geno very, Smith very, or
1: something, right? There, there. It's very, very rare. You know, they're going to give Darnold another shot they're gonna give baker mayfield another shot they're gonna give cj stroud another shot but man oh man you know when these guys you know sort of wash through and wash out it's not good and i don't love it we didn't we said the same thing for trevor lawrence now they gave him first of all they have better ownership in fucking jacksonville jacksonville shot Khan cares like he just made bad decisions he wasn't like he wasn't doing it for bad reasons. He just was bad at making good football decisions with his club. Like he just didn't make good decisions. but I think having Doug Peterson there definitely changed that. And I think they're just a little bit smarter, at least where they're making some better decisions and they have good coaching and Trevor Lawrence is fucking amazing. And they spent some money to get him some weapons. Right. But like in Houston, it could be that or worse or, I don't know, man, and and, he, and he's certainly not the prospect that Trevor Lawrence was. So for all those reasons, you're a little bit scared of this first year for sure, if not longer.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. So it looks like I got to get back in the lab and and start to really yeah look at my quarterbacks again. Fucking brutal.
1: But yeah, do you just, do you, you are me. okay with having it Bijan than those three and 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 you know you can kind of pick your what what your flavor is right and uh, you know. If you're at 104, you're taking one of those three over anybody else? Or is there a case? Is there a case for anybody? Jackson Smith or the guy that I think is going to get taken above these quarterbacks sometimes is Jameer Gibbs. He is getting all kinds of love. I said it in the group chat when we were talking. Everybody was like, you know, not sure. I'm like, no, no, no. Jameer Gibbs is easily the, – they were talking about landing spot a little bit. Like, well, he's behind this and Swift and everything. I said, no, 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 no. They just spent the 12th pick. Draft capital, there isn't a fucking player drafted in the top 15 or 20 running back that hasn't been dope. Not one. It's like you have to go all the way back to Trent Richardson where you're like, yeah, I guess. And even he was like – he was an idiot. He just didn't care or whatever. But like all these players have all been very, very productive. It's, it's. They almost never miss. He's not going to miss. They are – it's – now, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, where do you think you're going to be drafting Jameer Gibbs, if at all?
0: Um, Probably after JSN, most likely, in most situations mm-hmm. right there. After the quarterbacks. Although I, I do see the argument that the running back scarcity – does push Gibbs value up even more? Right. Where yes. You take you take Gibbs, and then you have the plenty of time right to get a wide receiver. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
1: Yeah. Honestly. So. Yeah. There, there. There could. You know what? That's the case. That's the case. It's running back scarcity. Bingo. Thank you. That's why you're here. Everything you've said so far tonight has been fucking on point. So I appreciate it. It's true. It's running back scarcity. So like. You know, you got to look at your board and understand. Hey, I I can probably get one of these four at pick, whatever I've got. You know, if you're early or whatever. You know, remember too there and and there's a case to be made. I don't know what we should do with them, but there's a case to be made for Will Levis. He did go to Tennessee. He did. They did trade up to get him at pick, whatever thirty three, the second pick of the first round, second round. Um, He, you know, he's in a. I have not hated this spot. You know the. The Drew Brees, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts spot in the draft. That early second, late first, right? Where it's like, we think you're good. You are just got something that we're not sure about. Right? That's how all those prospects were. And and you know what? I would agree. Will Levis is one of those. Because he's got physical tools. We're just not sure you're not a complete fucking lunatic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're not sure. Are you a fucking lunatic? You might be a lunatic. Can we just check on that real quick?
0: Could very well be.
1: Right. So, what do you th- <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> the Levis lunatic?
0: Uh, I'm I'm still off him, man. Um, he's second round. <laughs> he slipped to the second. I think that I think that tells me enough. I need to know what the NFL thinks about him.
1: At what point do you draft him? Like you have to draft him at some point. He's not off the board.
0: No, he's not off the board.
1: You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you look down and you say, okay, yeah, I agree. After Zay Flowers, after Devon A. Chain, after Kendra Miller, after Dalton Kincaid. So not in the first round. And then you start looking in the second round and you're like, okay, tell me who you like more than Will Levis.
0: Yeah, not, not many.
1: Not many. I mean, you know, or at least not much. You know,
0: like mm-hmm. you can
1: make a, you can make a case for any of them, but you can't make a big case for any of them over him. None of them. You can be like, dude, obviously, no, maybe the, like I said, the tight ends, but who else, right? Mingo or Reed? Like, we're not that fucking sure of those motherfuckers. These other running backs, you know, even Charbonnet. It's like, okay, congratulations, <laughs> fucking care. I gotta, I gotta potentially start starting quarterback here in a minute, like. Maybe a shitty one, but I've got one. I mean, how long are they going to be into Tannehill, right? So it's like for me, it's like even (laughs) if I can think, Will I have Will Levis now? Of course, ahead of Hen and Hooker. You know what I mean? Like obviously, you know. So without question, even though he slid, it's like yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I thought. So that's kind of where I had him. And then Hooker slid too, so he goes down too. You know what I mean? So. Mm yeah, I, I think Will Levis is right there at the top of the second round has to start being considered.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Got to
1: Sounds like it hurts you a little bit. To say it.
0: No, uh, no, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't, doesn't excite me. That's all.
1: Uh, well, laid
0: and not excited,
1: not excited about, uh, <laughs> the Levis lunatic, the Levis lunatic puts chalk to bed and we are done. We've done it. Um, before we go, they're going to do this. Ready? Jackson Smith, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers. Put them in order.
0: Oh, you got you to gotta repeat that. Sorry. The four receivers,
1: the JSN, Addison, Johnson, Flowers.
0: Just put oh. that group. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think you had it right there. It's um, yeah. Shit. You know, JSN, Addison, yeah. Johnson, and Flowers. I mean, I think that's pretty much it, you know. Back-to-back, to no back too,
1: right? Like, just pick yeah. all four of them right
0: there. Just yeah. pick yeah, just pick all four of them right there. Yeah, exactly. That's what,
1: that's what it is. This is this fucking draft, man. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's
0: just it's like,
1: just, it, it's stupid. That's what we yeah, are doing every time, it's just,
0: right? It's just, that's the chalk right there, you know? That's so we'll, stupid. end on that move.
1: <laughs> I fucking hate it. All right, that's it. So you guys here, you were right. Everybody already hates this draft. I see all the tweets like, I used to like the draft and shit, you know. Like, there is a lot of sadness out there. There is a lot of sad fucking tweets. Like, nobody liked the draft at all. Awful product. Thank you, NFL, for fucking up all of our fantasy players. Well, on that note, Mister Chalk, just say say goodbye to the fine people out there.
0: Yeah, you know, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, you know, Jack, thanks for having me on yeah uh it was fun, although it was painful at times Pain. talking through some of these some of these prospects um, but you know, you know where to find me at one one chalk on twitter. you can find me at andropables dot uh, and yeah, I mean you know looking forward to coming back and and talking more about uh these rookies and you know seeing how this all pans out
1: hey, it was it was a great pod, man. you were awesome. We kind of did that thing where we just kind of chilled out and like fucking had these little mind thoughts, you know, these little thoughts. And I just picked your brain. You were great. I thought it was a fun show because it's always fun for me to show everybody else how, how fun it is to like, talk to you about stuff where it's like you just kind of like usually have the right answer, you know? And that's really fun. That's fun to like have a question, kind of think about what it is. And then even if you're splitting, you know, splitting the hair, like, you know, straddling the line as it's called, I think, You know, if you're kind of doing that number where you're like, even your reasoning for that is usually spot on. So thanks for gracing us. Thanks for being my friend. And thank you so much. And on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the Philadelphia 76ers fan, who's going to be so sad when the Boston Celtics come in and curb stomp the Sixers, Michael. Philadelphia P word. Duncan, the greatest podcast producer in all the land. You have been joined by the chalk. And I am Jax Falcone. And we are out.